So to start in all over the world, every nation, every country, experience stress or experience hardships because of COVID. A lot of people feared for their lives, either fear of dying or fear of getting infected. In fact, some of us here listening to this message, you know somebody or someone was infected with COVID and you know how it feels. You give sympathy to them. And for those of you who've experienced COVID, you know the agonizing pain. In fact, in the world, there, are, there were or there are 169 million reported cases. And in our country, it's 1.2 million. Majority of this world feared for their lives because either they will be infected or they will die. This afternoon, I'm going to share to you that there is something more than COVID, much dangerous than COVID. In fact, in this month, May 2021, the latest record showed there are 7.9 billion people infected. Can you imagine the degree of this thing? 169 million total cases for COVID against 7.9 billion infected with this thing. And what is this thing? That is sin. Where did I get that data? It's actually the total population in this world. All of us are infected, or all of us have sinned. In fact, in Romans, in Romans 3.23, it says here, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. My question for you for this afternoon are, why is the gospel such a big deal? Why? And what do we need to be saved from? Ano importante manjuning gospel? Why do we need to give such weight in sharing the word, especially to your one? I invite everyone here in this uh, service to stand up. In reverence and as acknowledgement of God's authority over us, as we read Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 22. The, Lord, the, the word of the Lord says here, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God? is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, 
So, they are without excuse. For although they know God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Uh, I invite everybody to please take their seats, your seats, and encourage everyone to open your hearts as we receive this word of God. And this is to tell you that this message is a bit heavy for us. And so, may God give us the the humility and even the obedience of His Word. The greatest danger facing any nationality, every person, in any country, even in history, is actually not sickness, it's not COVID, it's not the lack of money, it's not the lack of jobs or lack of children, if you're married here. It is actually the righteous wrath of God. Why? It is because these things that I've mentioned earlier and the like, they are all temporary. And some of these things might even take a lifetime. But the wrath of God is forever. It is eternal. So now we can imagine or have the balance between the temporary things and what is eternal, the eternal suffering. So what is wrath? I want everybody or all of us to have a vivid picture or a clear imagination of what wrath is. But first, let us define wrath. Wrath means extreme anger or vengeful anger. In Bisaya, grabe kaayo kalagot. In human terms, just to give you some examples, this is what you feel when your daughter or your granddaughter or your friend gets raped and you know and kibaw pajudka who the rapist is. That's the wrath. Or to cite another example, imagine your spouse, your husband or wife cheating on you. That's the kind of wrath you feel in human terms. How much more the wrath of God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created all these things. Can you imagine the anger? So what will happen to me if I don't get saved? Or for our one, what will happen to him or her if he or she doesn't get saved? And what is the degree of God's wrath? One of our core convictions as Christians is to care for all the suffering. In our church, how we manifest 
our care for our community is through our community pantry. That's one of the one of our reflections of caring for them. And I want to emphasize on our foundation on why we need to reach our one. So this is in line with our uh, church's campaign, which is Who's Your One? I give you the first. The wrath of God is for the ungodly and the unrighteous. This answers the question, who is the recipient of God's wrath? Verse 18 says here, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. As we see in this verse, we see here, revealed from heaven. It means in God's divine nature, God's very nature, Revealed from heaven. And to who? Again, the recipient of wrath is for the ungodly and the unrighteous. And third, what we notice here in the verse is that the unrighteousness of people suppress the truth. They suppress the truth. Question is, why do some people or why some of us here listening take sin very lightly or take sin uh, seems like okay okay ra it's because kanang ah naanda ko ani i'm used to this so it's kind of okay that's why i take sin lightly hopefully that's not in your head or hopefully that's not applicable in your lives but that's the truth it's because why do they take sin lightly it's because they don't know God. Or they only know a few things about God. Or they invent things na, ah, this is God. They describe God based on their uh, comfortability. They do not know that the God, our God who is loving, merciful, or forgiving, is capable of anger, capable of wrath. And the wrath of God refers to His personal and divine anger against sin. That is because He is holy. Besides His holiness, He is also just. And taking from the the work of a judge, the the, the judge will hand out the rightful consequence for the guilty. How much more God? Some of you might say, I thought God doesn't hate the sinner, only hates the sin. Actually, partial of it is true. We read, we, we read God's word in Psalms 5, Verse 5, it says here, 
The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. So in conclusion, God hates both the sin and the sinner. And what was our condition before? If you consider yourself as Christian, what was our condition before? Or what is the condition of your one now? We read here in Romans 3, 10 to 12, as it is written, No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. We are extremely blessed to know who God is. Extremely blessed because we are not in this condition if you are in Christ now. But the sad reality is the condition of your one, you know what's going to happen to him. The wrath of God is going to him. I've been to a few countries, around 13 of them, this is a bit of my testimony. I did backpacking. If you like traveling, I did that as well. I've met a lot of people from different uh, parts of the world. I've traveled with them, spoke, spoke with them, spoke about their idea of God, idea of Creator, ways of life, perspectives. I heard people saying, do this, chant, do this spiritual stuff, do the energy thing, do this stone, uh, whatever things. And I can really say and thank God for regenerating me, for letting me know the truth. Because guys, brothers and sisters, of 7.9 billion people in this world, you are one. We are one of those people who know the truth. Are you going to suppress the truth, dear one? The problem is that the problem is not that the truth is being unavailable, but the problem is is that the truth is being suppressed. Suppressed. What is suppress? Giving you this example. If I have a friend, I'll just use the name Pastor Lance. Let's say I am very angry with Pastor Lance. Let's say, example lang ni Pastor. How do I suppress my anger? So when I see him, I won't show my anger to him anymore because I suppress that. In comparison to suppressing the truth, you know, some people know what is right or wrong, but they still reflect what is wrong in the eyes of God. For example, abortion, some people will say, or even women, this is my body. I do whatever I want. 
or is LGBT. So, uh, I have a lot of uh, friends who are uh, LGBT as well. They think, they believe that what they're doing is okay. It's because they feel good. But we know that uh, that is one way of suppressing the truth. If you consider yourself as Christian, and if you believe in the Word of God, you know what is the truth. And I encourage each and everyone here not to compromise on those ideologies. A lot of ideologies in this world. But question is, is that the truth? Or you know. Second. Second is that the wrath of God is just. This answers the question, how reasonable God's wrath is. So earlier we've mentioned who the recipients of God's wrath will, is, or who the recipient uh, for God's wrath, ungodly and unrighteous, and now, how justifiable, or how fair, if we can rephrase those, that, that, that term. We read Romans 19, to ver- chapter 1, verse 19 to 22 again. It says here, For what can be known about God is plain to them. Emphasize plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Claro, it's clear. Ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. This afternoon, I will be giving you two reasons why God's wrath is justifiable or reasonable. First, it, God's revelation through nature. It is no, with no excuse that people will miss out who God is. Can you imagine? Have you been to, have you been to airplanes? Or have you tried riding boats? Or have you been to the beach? Or to the mountains? You see God's beautiful creations that you know full well that people or man cannot recreate those things. Psalm 19 verse 1 says here, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. I will show you some pictures to give you some imagination. So, these are the places that I, I went, and when I, when I just stood there, deep inside my heart, I really said, wow, God is good. He's real. He's, he's the beauty of nature. This one is in, 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 
Indonesia. It's, this, this place is called Mount Ijen. In this place, this is the only place in the world, imagine, this is the only place in the world where you see the natural blue flame. So you cannot see that in just anywhere. You can either see that in that place or if you just search in Google, you can travel through the internet anyway. Even here in Brazil, this is in Rio de Janeiro. How amazing the, the artwork of the sky, the color. And I was there with uh, some random people as well. And they just clap the sunset because it's very beautiful. Uh, this picture is, uh, cannot justify or cannot give the, the, complete, the completeness of how I really felt. Grabby good. And this place is also the place where you see the giant statue, Christ the Redeemer. And lastly, is the place in Indonesia. It's called Killing Killing Beach. So can you just imagine, brothers and sisters, how intricate, how beautiful, how complex God's creation is or are? Oh, the sand, the formation of the mountain, the color of the sea. Wow. So there, people do not have any excuse. It's God revealed Himself as Creator through nature. But the problem is, is that people reject this truth. People complicate things or dive into ideologies that God doesn't exist. Can you imagine? Gidinay pagyud. That it's plain to them, clear. So there is no reason of not knowing God at all because it's clear, plain. Second reason, second reason why God's wrath is just is that God revealed Himself in, God, in man's heart. Naasa tagsa-tagsa, ka-heart na to. All of us here, including me, and you that's listening online, you've felt guilty before. In any uh, religion, in any nationality, race, or any church, or any family household, you, you, you felt guilty. No, no, no man has uh, never felt guilty in this life. And some of you might say, No, I'm good. No, they're lying. Why? Because God wrote His law in His heart. And we will discover the verses that says that. Some examples of you being guilty. First, when you were kids or the kids that are listening here, remember the guilt or the uneasy feeling when you don't give back the change that your parents gave you or the money that the parents gave you when they asked you to buy these things or something worse, napay something worse. The guilt that you feel when you cheat on your partner. The guilt that you feel when you steal money. The guilt that you feel 
when you know you're lying. That's it. You cannot deny that. So let's uh, tackle in some verses here. First one, this is found in Proverbs 24, verse 12. If you say, Behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Romans 2.15 says, They show that the work of the law is written in their hearts, on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness. And their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. I want to emphasize this verse. As you see in the last few uh, words here, it says, or Paul says, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. This shows that the mind of unbelievers or even the lukewarm are corrupt. Nalibog na. Because of those ideologies, they don't read the truth. They just, they, they just accept what is fitting for them. That's why they're confused. Maunang malibog na. And that's a sad reality. And I hope that you feel the same sadness for your one. Third. So now that we know how justifiable God's wrath is, now we will understand the description of His wrath. Or at least description. Because for me, even as I myself speaking to you now, Words cannot explain how, how much God's wrath is. So this is description, God, uh, the wrath of God. A description of the wrath of God. It's fierce and eternal. Where did I get these words? Fierce and eternal. Romans 2, 7-8 says here, To those who by patience in well-doing, Seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, imagine your one, when I'm saying this, huh? imagine your one, his name, his, his, his face, or, or face. I say it again to give more weight when we read this. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. So this is where I got the, the words fears and wrath. There are only two uh, destinations of man in the end. It's either eternal life or wrath and fury package deal wrath and fury 
forever and ever, never ending. So again, oh, eternal life in Christ, which you yourself uh, know as well, now you're in Christ, and this is your one here. Wrath and fury forever, eternal, never ending. Just uh, if you just balance between those two, you know how you know how heavy it is. And this is confirmed as well in Second Thessalonians, uh, verse, uh, chapter one, uh, second part of verse seven to nine. I will read it here. When the Lord is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Just imagine this verse. This is, this, is, this is bound to happen to your one. In flaming fire. Just picture out flaming fire. Even the fire of a candle, fire of a match, you do not want to touch it even because it hurts. How much more in flaming fire? Gikan sa ginoo coming from God. That should terrify you. Me to your one, towards your one, towards towards my one. Another cross reference we find in in Isaiah chapter sixty six verse fifteen to sixteen. For behold, the Lord will come in fire. Again, I want you to imagine in your head, and so I will just uh, speak slowly when I share, when I speak the verse. For behold. The Lord will come in fire, and His chariots like the whirlwind, to render His anger in fury, and His rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into judgment, and by His sword, with all flesh, and those slain by the Lord shall be Many, including your one. Including your one. All of us here, or you are, or some of you here, you're very concerned with the effects of COVID or the effects of the pandemic, the effects of our health, the effects of our jobs, effects of our mental health as well. Any bad effect. We compare it to the effect of God's wrath. One of the problems that Christians have is that we only limit our we only limit what we see through our physical eyes. What I'm trying to say is we only or some of us just see the temporal things. But as Christians, as, as God 
believing, Bible-believing Christians, we also see things spiritually. We see things that are eternal. Fourth, the wrath of God in the final judgment. What happens in the end times? So this is in the future. Romans 2.5 says here, But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Because of the hard and impenitent heart, Dili Pasulti, you're storing wrath. Now, in this group, or uh, you here who's listening, 3 p.m. service, think of your batchmates or those people who have the same age as you, for example. Me, I'm 28. I'm thinking those people who are 28 years old. For you guys, think mga 30 plus or 25. I don't want to mention the age if you don't really like it. But imagine if they're not Christians and we're talking about storing up wrath. Imagine from zero till 40 years old, 50 years old. Imagine the, the wrath piling up towards him. So if you if if you if you love or care for your one, think about the consequence, future consequence. Anyone that is not in Christ are storing up wrath. Good works, being a member of of this church or, or any church, having a lot of money, having accolades, being a doctor, being an accountant, being an investment banker, being a psychologist, being a drummer, being a guitarist, being a team lead. This will not save you from the wrath of God. No. I will be sharing you two more verses in this point, and I want you to internalize this yourself. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 says here, examine yourselves. So, right now, do this. Personally, in your head. This is between you and the Lord. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Am I still in the faith? Examine your life. Test yourselves or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you? Unless... Indeed, you fail to make the test. Another verse that we can ponder upon is in Titus chapter 1, verses 15 to 16, 
to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Emphasizing here, but both their minds and their conscience are defiled. Listen clearly. They profess to know God, profess, it means saying, they profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So come to realize, it's not just saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. Whatever you say in social media, it's actually the fruits or the manifestation through your works. Dearly, the initial story along as what as a common saying as a common saying, it's easier said than done. Mauni, it's in Titus. Now that it's uh, a bit uh, heavy for us uh, about God's wrath, what are we ought to do as Christians? To conclude, first thing is, it is imperative for us to preach God's word. It is our duty as Christians, if you consider yourself as one, to obey the command of Christ to preach the Word. And before I end this message, I will give you some principles on why we preach the Word and why you need to reach to your one. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Christ gave us the instruction of how to fulfill this. He himself gave us the process on how to do this. What process, Alan? It's to go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. One package. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. Not rocket science at all. No need to answer those kinds of formula. And uh, if, you have an, uh, if you've encountered math, wala na yung mga differential equation or what? It's there. And when we see the verse in Matthew 28, we see the, word, we see the words, all nation. The beauty about today's world is that most of the nations or majority of the nations in this world have access of internet or social media. Question, 
Am I reflecting God's Word in my social media? Or what am I doing? Or what is, uh, how am I behaving there in social media? What do they see there? Do they see uh, God's Word? Or do they see something else? And this is true. I, myself, even Luel here, is, this is very true to us. We've been to missions outside, and we know that Jesus is always with us, my brother. When I was there last year, I resigned from my work. I had a good job for me. I can just uh, go anywhere, travel, and the like. Living the life is cool. But for some reason, uh, God uh, impressed in my heart, in my life, to go for missions. But the thing is, around April or May or June, there in Brazil, all the programs were closed. All people, most of the people in the compound in OM Brazil, they went home. I had nobody to speak with, or maybe some, a few. Nobody speaks English there. Can you imagine? Brazil and Philippines, they have 11 hours time difference. It's too hard for me to call home. It was too hard in my mind, mentally, emotionally, financially as well. It's true. Uh, words cannot describe how, how, how much of a struggle it was for me, even coming home here in the Philippines. But true enough, God was always with me. Jesus was always with me. And it is a promise to you as well, for you. Do not be afraid. Do not be anxious in sharing His word. Why? Because it is His promise. Christ Himself promised you this, that He will be with you until the end of age. Imagine, until the end of age. Not just during Sundays, not just during your work time, but guys, to the end of age, Jesus is always with us. So first, it is, our, it is imperative for us to preach God's Word. Second, oh, I'll sh show you some pictures there in my ministry. So uh, Monday to Friday, uh, I, I and some volunteers from, uh, this guy is from Costa Rica, uh, the bald guy is Brazilian, that, but that other guy, big guy, is Costa Rican. We go to different uh, centers. We, we visit children that are uh, enrolled in uh, taekwondo or ballet or football. We share God's word there. And uh, I had an interpreter there for me. Okay? I was very new. I didn't really know Portuguese that much. Even now, I, I can just speak broken Portuguese. So these are some of my pictures there. Uh, me cooking some uh, feijoada. Uh, that's their staple food. There, uh, football, we were praying. And uh, I was teaching English for the missionaries there because uh, they will be going outside Brazil and they need to speak English. And I was helping them with their uh, finance and with their data as well. Secondly and last, uh, some, uh, there's a music background there. Uh, can you please uh, keep that silent? Second, 
If you love God, you will obey His commandment. Again, if you love God, you will obey His commandment. Jesus Christ said this Himself in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Ask yourself this. You can just answer this one personally. Do I love God? Be serious. So high, Jude. Seriously ask yourself this. With all your heart, no lie, no kidding, do I love God? And in, in, in obeying God's commandments, it's not just limited to not doing. Again, uh, we're almost done. Obeying God's commandments, it's not just limiting to not doing, for example, not killing, not stealing, not being greedy, not coveting, and the like, mga bad stuff. But there are also commandments that are for us to do. Buhaton eh. So one of those things is to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel to your one and to all nations. Lastly, lastly, the combination of knowing the degree of God's wrath, Christ command for us to preach His word, second, and knowing that if we love God, we obey His commands, this should give us the burden in obedience to reach out. And this is a wake-up wake call and encouragement to each and every one of us here who are very comfort, comfortable now. Ah, okay, Rako, because I know Christ. How about your one? Imagine if th those people who shared God's word to you have the same mindset. Ah, I'm good. Okay, Rako. What will happen to you? This is the time to wake up as individuals and even as a church. To wake up from our slumber in preaching His Word and wake up from the slumber of obeying His commands. And if you love God, you will obey His commands. God bless all of us here and thank you so much and may you be a blessing to each and everybody, in each and every one that you, that you encounter in your life. Thank you and good afternoon.